bravery, tenacity, courage. Hey, everyone. It's Heather Vickery. Welcome back to the Brave Files podcast. Y'all, I am so happy, happy, happy to be here with you. Oh, my goodness, my brave ones. This episode is so juicy and wonderful. I first learned about human design from my friend Lee from the Coach with Clarity podcast. If you haven't checked it out, if you're a coach, go check it out. She's awesome and I adore her. Hi, Lee. And what started as a simple curiosity very quickly grew into a holy hell, I have to learn everything about this passion. And that's when the universe gave me Kyla Durchek. Kyla is my personal human design mentor and coach. She is the one that took me through my human design certification program and then a mastermind. We're about to do a retreat together in Mallorca. Hello, manifestation at its fucking best, right? This is such a beautiful, heart-centered conversation about leaving our comfort zones. It's about walking away from what already feels really good in order to lean into the possibility of what might be fucking great. Kyla is hilarious. She's light. She's love. And like me, she's sassy as hell. So here's my conversation with Kyla. I cannot wait to share it with you. You're listening to The Brave Files, where we share stories from people who've stepped out of fear and into bravery in every possible way. What we know for sure is that when we choose bravely on purpose, we choose bigger, we win bigger, and it's contagious. It's our hope that these stories connect with you and encourage you to embrace bravery in every possible way, day after day. Together, we can build a movement that enriches both our lives and our communities. The Brave Files is brought to you by Vickery & Co., a success and leadership coaching firm dedicated to helping you build a life and a business that you are absolutely in love with. Vickery & Co. offers group programs, membership communities, one-on-one coaching, VIP days, corporate trainings, workshops, keynote speaking, and so much more. Visit vickeryandco.com to get all the details. Hi, folks. It's Heather Vickery. Welcome back to The Brave Files. I'm so excited to have you here with me today, and I'm really, really excited about today's guest. In 2017, Kyla Durchek moved to Spain from Canada completely alone. She didn't speak the language, and she had never even traveled there before. Kyla says that she was lost at that time, but this adventure helped her find herself, and eventually it led to finding her husband. This also led to her starting her own business, Hatha Astro, serving ambitious leaders all over the world, like me, helping them align with their unique signature to create more income and impact through human design and astrology. And it just so happens that Kyla is my human design mentor, and I simply adore her. So welcome to the Brave Files, Kyla. Yay, I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm excited, too. It was fun. I was like, why have I not interviewed you before? Because we have spent a lot of time together in the last few months. Yeah, yeah, through Human Design Paradigm. Uh, We met Human Design Paradigm, correct? Yes. Yeah, the certification program. Yeah. And people are still like, I don't really know what that human design stuff is, but I'm kind of curious. And I'm like, well, sometimes I feel that way too. (laughs) (laughs) No, I do. I know what it is. (laughs) It's very nuanced. (laughs) It's very nuanced. So you're not the only one. (laughs) It is. It is. It is very nuanced, but it is fascinating. And it's given me a whole new 
language for how to speak to and about myself and with others. And we'll get into that later. Okay, so you're originally from Canada. Yes. What did you do there? Because you didn't do the same type of work before you moved, or did you? No, I didn't. So prior, so in Canada, I I did kind of different things. I was actually studying at the time, and uh, I went to Capilano University, and I got my degree in business management with a major in tourism. So travel's always been a big part of my life. When I was 20, I moved to Australia on my own, went to New Zealand. I actually worked in Vietnam on the border of China with ethnic minorities, uh, Red Zhao women on a community-based tourism project there. Uh, And that was actually filmed. So it was a documentary, which is kind of fun. Cool. What documentary? How How do we find it? Uh, it's called CBT Vietnam and there's actually, I can, I can give you the link, but it's kind of a cool thing to tune into, to see some of the dynamics of how, how we were able to go in and sort of influence these little villages to capitalize on the visitation that they were having there in a sustainable way. So I I was kind of all over the map for a little while, even went to Papua New Guinea. I hiked the Kokoda Trek in Papua New Guinea. And when I was finishing up my degree, I got offered a position with a large wine import agency. So the idea with this is that we would find and locate products and then sell or promote them to a whole from a wholesale perspective, uh, through the different streams in uh, British Columbia. So I had a multi-million dollar territory there. Wow. And it was pretty fun. It sounds fun. It it was fun. I mean, I had, you know, I had a large expense account. I was paid to kind of go make friends with people, really. Which I'm sure you did very well. (laughs) That's kind of my jam. It's probably not news that... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Connecting with people is kind of my thing. That's my shit. Uh, so it was a fantastic, honestly. And then we would travel. So I went to Argentina and Chile tasting wine, which was really neat. And then ones that we liked, we would bring them on board. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't really get any better than that. I would have people come up to me and ask me, how did you get this position? And how can I freaking do it too? Yeah. How did you? Yeah. How did you get that? Because that's like a dream job for young, unencumbered folks, I think. Uh, Absolutely. Well, I come from an area of British Columbia, which is known as the wine capital Uh, of Canada. It's the Okanagan Valley. And I actually studied my WSET, which is a certification in wine. I've always been interested in how the grapes tell a story about the culture. There's a real connection between wines and sense of place, we call it. So there was this interesting dynamic. And from all of my travels, I had seen some of these different areas of the world that produce different grapes, like in New Zealand, the Sauvignon Blanc, and you know, in Oregon, the Pinot Noir, and in France, the Bordeaux. And it, it just kind of all happened you know, when you have those intersections in your life where you're like, wow, all of these pieces have, have kind of come together to create this lovely opportunity or story. So I guess ultimately I wanted to, I wanted to continue working in wine and I wanted to be an export director, but in order to do that, I needed another language. Uh-huh. And that's what sort of instigated or 
gave me this inkling that I might move overseas. Okay, so that's how. Well, that was one of my questions: is why Spain? How Spain? And you were like, well, why not? I need to learn Spanish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I thought, you know, Spain is just a beautiful. It's a location that is in the old world of wine, uh, very, very close and accessible to places like France, Germany, even Portugal, which which does a lot of wine and uh, ports and things like that. Yeah, so I thought, hey, it'd be a good base for travel and I'm learning another language, killing two birds with one stone. I love that. All right. So you didn't, you didn't speak any Spanish at all? Were you like on Duolingo or something? No. <laughs> no. I knew like, hola, una más cerveza, por favor. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have another beer. <laughs> like that was it. <laughs> I can get to the bathroom. Los baños, por favor. <laughs> yeah, like nothing. Okay. Yeah, it, it was. It was. It was intense. It was really intense. And, and in Mallorca, where I am now, they speak different variations of Castellano or Spanish. So there was a massive learning curve. That oh wow! So as someone, yeah. um, me who wants to intends to plans to live in Paris several months out of the year, as soon as my youngest has flown the coop, already planning it. I've got dates on the calendar, all that good stuff. Um, I do speak just a very, very little bit of French, enough to order a croissant and a coffee and find out where the metro is. I actually want to be fluent before I get there, but you know, you can only be so fluent if you don't live someplace where the language is spoken all the time. So how did you learn it? Was it just immersion and trial by fire? Did you take a class? What'd you do? Yeah, immersion. I'm definitely the type of person that has to learn from doing and just kind of throwing myself in the fire. And I've always been that way. And I think that's maybe my line two, my, my line two five in my human design. But I also worked in schools here. So when I first got here, I started working teaching English to, to children in the private or public school systems. And that really, really, really helped because yeah. I spent five years kind of working in, and I mean, I was completely submersed. You can't get an experience like that on a Kentucky tour or like, there's just, it was right. just irreplaceable, you know, and that really helped with, with learning Spanish. And of course I still have lots to learn. I wouldn't say I'm right. You know, well, there's always more to learn. Of course. Such is life. <laughs> Such is life. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So was there a foundation for all? You do so many beautiful things spiritually. I talked about human design. You're a certified astrologist. Like, was that a through line for you from when you were younger? Or did you discover that once you moved to Spain? So I would say that it was a through line for me all the way through, but it wasn't something that I actively embodied. Mm-hmm. I think that would be the the way I would describe that. So prior to leaving uh, Spain, I was running into some difficulties and really I was getting in my own way a lot. There was a lot of disassociation. Uh, I wasn't very connected to my body. I was very much distracting, distracting from my pain. And I always say this, the only way to deal with the pain is the pain that you Mm. can't run from it. You can't hide from it. You have to deal it head on. You have to feel it to heal it. And I wasn't feeling, I was numbing. 
And I had really active social life, a really fun job. I was always invited to events. So it was really easy to sort of distract myself from some of the deeper rhythms (laughs) that were going on within me. And a lot of that actually followed me to Spain. And that's when I had this realization that it's not the environment or the location necessarily. It's what's going on inside of us. Our external reality is a reflection of our internal reality. And so it's when I saw the same pattern, I don't know, 4,000 miles away, whatever it is, it's probably more than that. Math isn't my strong suit, but (laughs) I probably a lot more than 4,000 miles actually. But what I realized is uh, that, that there was some deep work and healing that needed to be done. So astrology and human design is something that I've always loved and embraced. I was the girl in high school where my friends would come to me and say, Hey, I have a crush on so-and-so and he's a Virgo and I'm a Pisces. Are we a good match? And I would give them advice about <laughs> their relationships or potential relationships or crushes based on their signs. So it was always something I, I kind of had in my toolkit, but I started to kind of feel at odds with it or like it was weird or this is strange. And I kind of put it in the spiritual closet. I was in mm. the spiritual closet, so to speak. <laughs> and yeah. when I came out... It was here in Spain and I was actually called out by a friend who said, you need to be doing this. Like you're an expert at this. You need to be doing this. And that's when I started to, to work with it in a bigger way and being a little bit more, I being a little bit more aggressive in my approach to it. Like, yeah. 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 Okay. So, so talk me through that moment where your friends like, you're bullshitting yourself. Like you need to be doing this. Did you, did it feel like yeah, a yes? Cause are you're a sacral generator, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Did you instantly know like, okay, yes, I have to, or were you like, fuck no, I'm scared. I don't want to do it. What did you think? It was a full body. Fuck. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, but my mind really got in the way of like, how am I going to do uh. this? Because it just seems so insurmountable to be able to create online business. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I had no idea where to start and it was overwhelmed, but I knew I needed to make it happen. And one of the things that was a big factor or one of the things that really lit me up is the ability to have the freedom to work wherever there's a laptop connection yeah. while helping other people step into their highest potential. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. No. I feel that way a hundred percent. Yeah. Same, same, same for me. That is so cool. I love it. So how did you do it? Like what were the first things that you did? Cause we do have folks who listen, who have, who aspire to quitting their job and starting a business or doing whatever. And I think we've all done it in some slightly different ways. I've twice now built a a business from nothing, like from my brain, but uh, I would love to hear. I know. And I, I look back and I'm like, holy fucking shit. Like I actually did that more than twice, really, if you think of some other businesses that I didn't continue, but how did you do it? It's amazing, isn't it? When you make something out of nothing. Yeah. Like it, you literally make something amazing out of nothing. It started at zero. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just so cool to see it take shape. 
It is. I'll tell you a quick story. And I don't know how many of the people listening have listened to this interview because it was back in 2018. I interviewed a woman. Her name is Jennifer Royal. She is a hypnotist and a magician. And she's German. She lives in Germany, which all of that feels like a bizarre connection to me. I'm like, you're a female magician hypnotist from Germany? Okay, cool, whatever. <laughs> anyway, at the time, my first book was just coming out. And we the whole interview was about her. And at the very end, so I'll say this to you because this, to me, it was so powerful. She said, Heather, I wanted to tell you, you're a magician too because you took something from your mind and now you hold it in your hand. That is so beautiful. So you can create magic. Isn't that gorgeous? That is so I beautiful. I, I have chills. I know. And I use that story. I tell that story a lot when I speak from the stage because I want I want people to feel that magic, which is something I think you help people do so much is feel their internal magic. It's all about the magic. Life is magical. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So back to the original question. How, how the hell did you do it? What did you do? What were your first steps? Well, my first steps were going down a lot of Google rabbit holes. <laughs> <laughs> And also digesting a lot of free YouTube content. And I can tell you that a lot of that stuff, while it was valuable and gave some foundations, it wasn't until I had worked with somebody who really had the business model and success or success that I desired where I was able to really take all of these ideas and give birth to them, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, So you hired a coach. (laughs) I hired a coach. Yeah. Yeah. I hired a coach. It's, it was like the best money that I've ever spent in my entire life. It was like literally the best, I don't know. It was, it was a hefty investment as well. I think it was, you know, 15 K and I was yeah. so scared. I mean, I wasn't even making consistent income in my business at that time. I was lucky to be making a, you know, $1,000 a month, maybe if that. And my monthly payments to her were eighteen seventy five. And But I trusted myself. <laughs> yeah, I trusted yeah. myself. And I trusted that with the right support that I could do anything. Yeah. And I just looked at my track record of all these times where I braved the wilderness And Mm -hmm. I stepped into the unknown and it worked out. So there was a lot of, of trust and it, I mean, within two months I had made the investment back. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 So it was, and it was a process and there's always new things, right? It's, uh, there's a lot of failing that happens as well. And I think that through learning what doesn't work, We learn what does work. And something I always say is if you are a skater and you're learning to ice skate, and I'm Canadian, so I'm using the ice skating (laughs) example. I used to play hockey. I like this example. But you don't get out on the ice and land a triple axel the first day. You fall and you fall a lot. But one day you get there and it's your failures that make you a success. (laughs) It really is. You have to be afraid not to fail. You do, but you also have to reflect. You have to yes. You have to be willing to fail, and then you have to look at what happened. You can't hide from it. That to me, that's the only way to actually fail is if you don't look back and go, "Well, what was that? What did I learn?" That's part of the brave method, right? The three R's: the reassessment, reframing, resilience component. Yeah, I totally, completely agree that it is through learning what doesn't work that we learn what does work. That's very cool. So your first, 
you made back that whole investment in two months. To me, that's amazing. And there is, it takes a lot of guts to trust the process and put money on the line when you're not sure how you're going to make that back. What were those first clients? What were you doing for those first clients? The first clients that I worked with were, was really in a more of a one-on-one capacity. I would do human design and astrology readings. And mm. then I quickly realized that what I really loved doing was teaching these modalities. So within my first year of business, I had launched my first course. And at the time that was Soul Signatures, it was a hybrid of astrology and human design. Now uh, that's kind of changed and evolved. And the, and the big one is human design paradigm, but it was kind of working, teaching how to really work with these modalities and integrate them into our lives. So that's cool. When when I first joined Human Design Paradigm, there was no astrology component. And then about halfway through, you were like, fuck it, I'm throwing, is that right? You threw in astrology. So what was that journey? Like, it started as both, and then you were like stripping the astrology, and you're like, nope, it's got to go back. I would love to know the behind the scenes on that. Yeah. So with the, the first round, Soul Signatures, it was a little bit of astrology, an intro to astrology, an intro to human design. And the natural evolution was that most of the people who went through that container or protocol then wanted to go in deeper to their yeah. design. So I created an advanced human design training that included gates, channels, all of those really more intricate layers of the system. And then I decided... It would be nice to have all of this information in one container. Mm. And so I went with human design first. And to be honest, they're inextricably connected. At the root of human design is astrology, the Kabbalah, the I Ching, all of these different ancient wisdoms that have been kind of thrown into a blender. So to me, it's it's kind of a non-negotiable to have the astrology component or to have the astrology component in there. To yeah, be I love that. Yeah. I was actually going to ask you, so I have never done, because I don't feel qualified to do it, like a full description of what human design actually is. I always kind of breeze over it really quickly. I would love for you to tell the audience what the hell human design is and why you want to know more about it. So human design is a personality profiling system. It is the art of differentiation. So the idea is that none of us on this planet are exactly the same. And human design is really this blueprint that highlights what your true self is. Who, who am I? Yeah. Who am I? What was I put on this earth to do? And what's the not self? What is the conditioning? What are the forces that I've taken in and amplified because I, told, I was told I should do them? So really it's this <laughs> beautiful map And when we know how to navigate that map, the world blows right open to us. Oh, I like that. When we know how to navigate the map. Yeah. How did you first discover human design? And for the record, I probably describe it about the way you did. So maybe I should trust myself more. There you go, you guys. We all experience it. (laughs) It's a personality profile. That's what it is. And really gives you insight into what makes you you, what makes you different. There's no other you on the planet. And that's, that's a really beautiful thing. Yeah. How did I, what was the last question? I missed that. Oh, I just asked how you learned about human design. I'm not sure where I came into contact with it. I remember seeing a body graph somewhere and I was, I, 
I remember thinking to myself, what is this? Because I could see all the planets on either side of the body graph. And I'm like, what, what the heck is this? And it had, you know, obviously I know the meanings of each of these archetypes that make up the, the celestial bodies. And I was like, this looks really interesting. And then I found a book, which was human design, the new astrology. It was something like that. And I started reading that book and that was it. I was cool. addicted. It is super addictive. I find that I can hardly have a conversation with anybody of any kind without going, do you know your human design type? Can I pull your chart? Like I'm, my phone's <laughs> out. Like I don't feel qualified to talk to you about anything at all unless I know what you, what your authority and strategy <laughs> I know. Welcome to my world. I'll meet people for like 45 seconds and I'm Me like, too. can I have your birthday? <laughs> I know. That is so funny. I love that. I've been curious about the name of your company, Hatha Astro. What's the, how did you come up with that? What is that? Yeah. So Hatha is a type of yoga and there's different, various different types of yoga, vinyasa, Hatha, yin, uh, Hatha yoga is the type of yoga that I've always really resonated with and loved. It's really about balance. Hatha yoga is all about balance. Yeah. But uh, Hatha is a Sanskrit word. Mm. And there's two different ways to think about the two, two different ways or, or descriptions. And I don't know which one is correct. One interpretation is that Hatha means force. Like a force to be reckoned with. And the other interpretation is that ha means sun and tha means moon in oh, Sanskrit. And I like that because cool. it's sun and moon and the yin and yang, masculine, feminine, day, night. There's that duality. And so that that's where I came up with, with, with the name. And then Astro was just Astro. At the time, it was mostly, uh, the, the emphasis was mostly on astrology and I just thought I would shorten it. <laughs> okay. There you go. Yeah. I love that. I think that's so fun because a lot of people, kind of me included, put their name as their business name. Did you ever think about that? Or were you always like, no, I don't want to do that? Uh, no, I, I like the idea of building a personal brand. I think that that's really good. I think it's very effective for manifesting generators specifically, but I always saw half the astro as being its own entity. It has its own energetic entity. It has a very loud expression. When we look at its natal charts and human design charts, Sagittarius rising, Jupiter is the ruler of half the astro. And I wanted it to have its own, I think it deserved its own signature. So, and definitely when I think about the vision for the business in the future and the ways that I the way that it wants to grow and evolve, I think that it's necessary. That's cool. I love that. So I read something the other day. I wish I had it in front of me now. It just occurred to me. I didn't plan this, but like religious people call it prayer, spiritual people, we don't call it prayer. We we call it the universe or, you know, like all of these different ways that we we call things in. And I know you have some beautiful grounding rituals. I would love for you to maybe share with folks some of the ways, especially maybe I just want to know this for myself when you feel a little <laughs> scattered. I mean, you're, you're a generator and, and so you, you operate very differently than me as a projector and I don't do routines very well. There are very few things that I do consistently every single day, pretty much except coffee. That's, that's it. <laughs> but when we're feeling sort of chaotic, 
What kind of grounding rituals do you have that help you feel aligned and settled? That's, I love that question. I like to, I have a weighted blanket. Mm, have you ever, too. do you have a weighted? Yeah. I love, it is the best. I, like everyone needs one. If you don't it have knocks a me right blanket. Out. Yeah. If I get under that blanket, I am going to sleep like <laughs> within five minutes. <laughs> They're heaven. They're mm-hmm. heaven. So I usually put my weighted blanket on and I have a little lavender eye pillow that I put over my eyes and I might put my ear pods in and do some breath work or listen Mm. to a meditation, do some hypnosis. I'll usually set the, I think about my settings. So I'll usually burn some Palo Santo or Sage, get my crystals out. And I just spend some time being present. And Mm. I think that that, I think that whenever we're in a space of overwhelm, we're doing one of two things. We're either future casting, we're worrying Mm -hmm. about what's coming, or we're past casting. We're worrying about what's happened in the past and trying to create some kind of resolution. And I heard someone say the other day, and I really agree with it, that suffering is an extension of thinking that the way things are, aren't the way that they should be. And that's where all suffering comes from. So I see this connection between looking out the rearview mirror, worrying about what's to come, future coming, future casting, past casting, and the sensation that things should be different than they are now. Mm. So when we can root into the present moment and just be, we often find a lot of peace there. Yeah, that's and so it's true. About, yeah, it's really about slowing down. It, it's all about devouring each moment with intention. Oh, that's lovely. I love that. Do you do a word of the year? Is that a thing you do? Yeah, I, I haven't in the past, but I did this year. Okay, what is and it? And this, this year, my word is simplicity. Oh, I like that. That's a hard simplicity. one. I think that's gonna, that would challenge so many people because we think we're not supposed to have it. We think things are supposed to be complicated. How do you want to call that in? Intentionality, uh, minimalism. So Mm. minimizing what's actually in my direct line of vision, creating spaciousness in my environment, creating spaciousness in my mind, Mm. prioritizing one or two tasks a day that need to be done. Uh, eliminating how much I'm taking in social media. Social media can be a big one for overwhelm on the nervous system, especially and long to-do lists. Also taking in simple nourishment Mm. rather than complex, like whatever, just how can I just really enjoy this avocado on its own? Just really taking everything back down to the basics. Oh, that's very cool. That is my fun this year. (laughs) It's a real challenge. I can't wait to check back in with you and hear how that showed up. My word of the year this year is surrender, uh, which I have been actively called on to do over and over and over again for the last year. And I joke, I don't know if I've told you this before, but we'll repeat it for the sake of the audience. My word of the year last year was peace. And my intention was to infuse peace into everything that I did. Sort of like you with simplicity, like how I'm going to choose for this to be a peaceful experience. 
However, the universe's plan for my word of the year was to punch me in the face repeatedly until I surrendered and then I felt peaceful. Oh, it's tricky, isn't it? We sometimes get what we want, but not in the way we want to get it. (laughs) Yeah, that makes me think of the Rolling Stones. You can't always get what you want, but you get what you need, right? 100%. Yep, 100%. Oh my gosh, I love that. All right, so I would love to know, this is a good segue into, how do you like to celebrate? Self-care. I love going to the spa, going for a luxurious facial or to a event, like a sound healing event. One thing I did in 2022, which was a beautiful way to sort of celebrate and take in the spring equinox, the beginning of the astrological year, which is also my personal new year on March 20th. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I went in on a retreat. So I have a friend here in my orca who's an amazing yoga teacher. And I spent seven days up in the mountains with all these other women. And it was just so, so beautiful. So much connection and fun and nourishment. And I have been known to like a spicy margarita and (laughs) a vegan taco every now and again as well. So I think that's well-rounded celebration. What's your celebration rituals? So there, I have a number of them. And I ask that question to every guest. I've asked it over 250 episodes. And I love all of the different answers. I was raised in a household. Thanks for asking. No one really ever asks me, which is fine. It's, I'm the interviewer. But I was raised in a household where we celebrate all the time, right? So my mom loved to throw joy into whatever we were doing. So I am a big fan of celebration. One of the things that shows up most often for me is a little bit of a dance party. If it's work-related, I will often put on Pink's Raise Your Glass and 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 move my body to it. It's become the signature song for the end of my speaking engagements also. I'll have them play it as I leave the stage um, as a celebration. But as I've gone more into my own spiritual work and who I want to be in the world and how I want to be in the world and all of that, more and more of my celebration is simplicity, is your word of the year. It is quiet. It is being in or near water, listening to myself, allowing myself to rest. Uh, I think for some people, and I believe that celebration begets more celebration, and for some people, they get hyped up. And now for me, it allows me, I get hyped up for a second, and then I get to relax. I get to sort of go... Uh, you know, honor that moment and experience it fully. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Yeah. You, I feel like I just heard you say that your mom always liked to infuse joy. And I'm thinking about when you got all of your girls Harry Styles tickets and surprised them. <laughs> I feel like you kind of are, the apple doesn't fall far from the no, tree. <laughs> it definitely does not. Um, and that was a magical, magical moment. Having three teenagers at the same time is literally like, poking yourself in the eyeball repeatedly for 14 years. So um, <laughs> when you can have those moments, when you can have those moments where it's just pure joy and excitement, it's there's nothing better than that. I mean, within 10 minutes, the one that cried really hard was back to going, bro, I know, don't bother me. But 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 those five minutes were really great. <laughs> yeah, I love I absolutely loved watching that and witnessing that beauty of the beauty of social media. 
I know. It's a kind of a blessing and a curse, I think. And I I walk that tightrope of what to share, what not to share. I share if it feels intuitive. And if it doesn't, then then I don't I don't stress about it. But some people share everything and that feels I don't know. I don't love that. Yeah. I think it's like a fine line and it has to feel in alignment for you. I know some people who like they're totally fully expressed online and they're showing up and they're showing everything from what they eat for breakfast to what they're buying at the grocery store. And I'm like, oh my gosh, when is it too much? Right. Yeah. But sometimes it's really entertaining. You know, <laughs> like, I love watching this person's <laughs> life unfold. I mean, I guess as long as they love it and they're doing it because they love it and they want that connection, then who are we to say otherwise? But it wouldn't be for me. Yeah. I'm I'm with I'm with you on on that as well. I I mean, even just my husband and I just traveled all through Spain. We were in France, we were in the UK, and I I think we went to over a dozen locations during this road trip. And if I documented every second of that, I wouldn't be really taking it in. Exactly. And I see this so much, especially living in a place which is a holiday destination hotspot where people become so concerned with getting the shot, getting the photo for their socials, that they actually miss the beauty and the nectar of just being there. Yep. Yep. I think so for sure. Absolutely. I'm excited to be there. I'm going to get to be on Mallorca with you for a retreat in May. I can't wait. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> I am looking forward to it so much. It's just around the corner. It's going to be here before we know it, I think. I know. I know. I'm not ready to rush. So I wanted to ask you about this. We haven't had a chance to, to talk about this, but you mentioned that your personal new year is the spring equinox. And after doing a lot of research and reading and thought and reflection, I am also and I'm calling it, and it's not my idea, wintering. So I read Catherine May's book, Wintering. Are you familiar with it? I haven't read it, but I see you, you mentioned it to me in Boxer. I'd like to Yeah. It so it's a memoir, but essentially she talks about different moments in our life where we have to behave like nature in the winter, where we bring everything in and we protect ourselves. And what was so fascinating about it to me is that um, I've always had a really complicated relationship with fall and winter. And and I know we've talked about this in our different um, mastermind calls, especially once with, with some breathwork stuff. Fall makes me sad. I feel an emotional connection to the trees and everything is changing and I don't love the winter. But it was really able to give me a perspective shift that nothing's dead it's just resting and regenerating and hibernating and I can do the same thing. Yes. So it's been fascinating to be like, okay, what's that going to mean for me? Because obviously I'm still working. I, the incubator is in full swing, which I'm loving, but I'm not yeah. creating. And I'm way pulling back on social media, like only if it's intuitive. Like there's not – my go button isn't going to get hit until the spring equinox. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? that. The idea of of wintering. I love the idea of wintering. And I think that we are, we're, we're of the earth. Humans are of the earth and the earth goes through its seasons and cycles. And and so do we, and astrology really is testament to that. We have 
different cycles, some which are ideal for planning and being visible and others that are good for listening to Lana Del Rey in the bathtub and drinking a glass of Pinot Noir. And I think when we really honor those cycles rather than pushing or forcing when it's really a time that's designed for nourishment and deep rest, we're more effective. Rest is not an expense. It's an investment. Yes. And in order for us to do our best work and in order for us to be able to serve our clients, I think it's vital that we are healthy. And when we aren't getting rest and when we're burnt out, how can we possibly be in a state of health and alignment? Yeah. So I love it. I'm all for it. I do the same. I practice this myself and it's beautiful. Well, and one of the things she talks about, which is obviously it feels natural to do it when it when it is winter, wherever you are in the world, but also there may be times where we need to self-winter, even if it doesn't fall. We need to know our own cues and signs. When's it time to pull back? When's it time to come back inside and slow down and reassess and all of that? So I just, I love the idea of getting... To me, it aligns really beautifully with human design and and knowing yourself and listening to yourself and what you need to do or not do. Right. Boundaries. And you talk all about boundaries. (laughs) You know all about boundaries. But it's it's very true. It's the same with the women, like the feminine, like our cycles every month. We have an apex, which is usually during ovulation. And then we've got this time, which it's about sort of deep rest in our winter. And I think if you even look at the cycle, it's like each week almost relates to spring, summer, fall and winter. And it's so beautiful. And the moon cycles, the moon has a 28 day cycle and it does the same thing. It goes through phases. And just because you're not, just because the moon isn't at its fullest expression, it doesn't mean it's not whole. Oh, wow. I have to write that down. It's still all there. We just can't see it. Hold on. I just, I love that. That, that is mic drop for me. Of course, we know that. It's amazing. We know that. We know it's there. But to hear that and to think how we can apply it to ourselves, just because the moon isn't at its fullest fullest expression doesn't mean it's not full. It's not there. It's there. It's there. Wow, that's beautiful. It's there. That's so beautiful. Thank you, Kai. I I love that. Yeah, yeah. I think too, when we think about this and really contemplate it and embody it, and that's the real MVP, is when we're living this, we are in a state of energetic alignment and energetic coherence. And there's nothing more brilliant than feeling like your cup is full. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I love it. I love you. I think it's fun. Y'all really should follow Kyla on Instagram. It's Hatha Astro, right? On Instagram? Yeah, it's at Hatha.astro. Yeah. On your Instagram. And your website is currently undergoing some magical makeover, right? Yes. It's getting cosmic sauce and it's getting sprinkled with stardust. (laughs) Do you write your own copy? (laughs) I do. Yeah. It's so beautiful. I I love love writing copy. Oh, I don't, but I leaned into intuitive social media and marketing 
in the last four or five months. So I am now writing all my own copy and I, it's hard and it feels really uncomfortable and really painful. But I will tell you that a client that I had years ago that I haven't kept in very good touch with, which is kind of rare. I talk to most of my past clients all the time, responded to an email and said, I don't know who's writing your copy right now, but I saw the headline and I was like, yes. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. (laughs) (laughs) It's working. working. I know. I love it. All right, Kyla, I get to ask this question every week and I really love it. What is your favorite charitable organization to support? PETA Mm. is a big one for me. I'm strongly, strongly, strongly against animal testing. My brother actually has a greyhound that, and I learned a lot about greyhounds and how they're often used for animal testing. So I have all clean products, makeup, everything. I don't use anything that was tested on animals. And yeah, my heart is, is all there for that. (laughs) I love that. Well, so every week folks, I ask you to take the opportunity to get to know these different organizations. How can you be part of global healing, right? Of making the world a better place because we, it will only happen if we do it and we do it collectively. One person alone, it it doesn't work. It takes a village. So I love that. Kyla, thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you for having me. It was so fun. You know, I love you. You're a blast. I love you too. It was really, it was really, really fun. You guys go check Kyla out. Oh, you have some new stuff coming out. If people, like if you're hearing this and you're you're lit up and you're excited. Tell people what is on your horizon in case they want to get in on the fun. Oh, there's there's so much coming up this year. I'll tell you the kind of best place to go is we have a couple of freebies, which are great. And one is a coaching resource based on human design. Another is a cycle to plan with the cycles. It's called Cosmic Rituals. And then we also have the mystical, or sorry, the mystical marketing guidebook or no the mystical marketing spell book so it's all about how to market based on your fun stuff there okay so how do people get that any of those if they want them i will drop you the link and you can also head over to my instagram and there's a link there with all of it as well okay Go to Instagram. I'll put the link in the show notes, but not everybody who listens goes to the show notes. So go to Kyla's Instagram if you want to get any of that good stuff. Yay. I'm so excited. All right, love. Thank you for being here with me. Oh, wait. What are your three? You share your three words one last time. Bravery, courage, tenacity. Yeah. I love them. They're beautiful words. I always get tickled anytime somebody picks bravery. I definitely think bravery is is huge for you. Tell me why you picked tenacity. Where does that show up for you? In everything, starting my business in every sort of just, it's a lot of initiation and it's that tenacity to just keep going, even if it's not working, even if the going, Mm. going gets rough, uh, kicking fear in the face. Mm, I like that. And the thing about tenacity is it, it, again, it doesn't mean you never slow down. It doesn't mean you don't rest. It just means you don't give up. Exactly. Yeah. But you can change paths and directions. Okay. We really are going to end this interview. Kyla, thank you so much. And I will talk to you soon. You bet. Thank you for having me. Bye. Ciao. Oh my gosh, you guys, I hope you loved that as much as I did. I just think Kyla is such a light, a beautiful, energetic light. I enjoy being in her presence. She makes me laugh. And she uses a lot of curse words in that copy that she does. And uh, 
you guys know I'm totally, I'm totally fucking into that. No, really, like she's such an inspiration. And there were so many beautiful, like resonating moments for me. I want to hear what showed up for you. I mean, y'all think about it. Just because the moon isn't at its fullest expression doesn't mean it's not there. Hello. How gorgeous is that? Especially as I continue wintering and I'm wondering what really lit you up in this conversation. And if you're curious to know more about human design and you've listened this far into the interview, I would love to just chat with you. We can have a private little chat and I can pull your chart and we can talk about it because I'm in a learning phase with it. I'm practicing. So if you're, you are a Brave Files podcast listener and you want to know more about human design, send me an email, heather at vickeryandco.com or a DM on Instagram. You can DM me at the Brave Files podcast. But I do have a favor, y'all. If you like the show, and I hope that you do, please follow or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, wherever you're listening to this one, and write me a review. That would be so amazing. It makes me feel fantastic. It lets me know you're out there listening and really resonating. And if you love the free content that I'm putting out, this podcast, Was It Chance? If you're not listening there, go check out Was It Chance, which is the podcast about taking intentional risk for creative success. Go listen to that one or my weekly live show, Brave in Action. You can say thank you. You can give me a little tip. It's kind of like, you know, buying my coffee or my matcha for the week. If you visit vickeryandco.com slash say thanks you can let me know that you are really uh, moved and you appreciate the work. And that goes a long, long way towards me staying energized and energetic to continue putting this out there for you. Thank you so much for being here with me now. I'll see you again soon, or we'll talk to you again soon. Until then, this is Heather Vickery reminding you today and every single day to go out and choose bravely. Bye now. You've been listening to The Brave Files, stories of people living courageously. Visit us at thebravefilespodcast.com to learn more about the show, find our show notes, and access full episode transcripts. And we'd love to know what you think of the show. We invite you to connect with us via Instagram and send a DM. You'll find us at The Brave Files Podcast on Instagram. Our music was created and produced in a custom collaboration with Matt Lewis from ML Creative Consulting a boutique firm dedicated to helping clients identify their unique sound and amplify their brand with custom-delivered soundtracks. Special thanks to everyone on Team Brave, from our audio engineer to our producers, associate producers, copy editors, writers, and support team. The show wouldn't exist without them, and we are eternally grateful. I'm your host and executive producer, Heather Vickery. Thanks for tuning in.